Well, we chose uh, classical education because Martin Coughlin told us to do so. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Tanya Charlton, too. <laughs> Welcome to the Homeschool Journal, a show that unpacks the joys and journeys of the classical homeschool family. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Welcome back, friends, to the Homeschool Journal, where today we're going to talk about homeschooling dads and the role that they play. We have two very special dads with us today who do have a professional background, but have chosen to be the primary homeschoolers for their homes. Now, we're going to talk about the foundations of their home. We're going to talk about why they chose to school classically and what it is they want their children to learn from dad. Will Klingenpeel will be with us today, and he is from Columbus, Indiana. He and his wife, Katie, have been married for 15 years with six children and another on the way in July. And Michael Milovanchev and his wife Monica have been married for 11 years. They have three small children, a first grader, a junior kindergartner, and a soon-to-be junior kindergartner. And they also use the Nashville Cottage School for their first grader. We're grateful to have these dads with us here today. Let's get right into our conversation. Okay, so we are here with Michael and Will. Michael, will you say a quick hi to all of our listeners? Hello there. All right, Michael, again from our, our family in Tennessee, our Memorial Press family in Tennessee. And Will, hello to you as well. Hi, Carrie. How are you all? Oh, we are good here. We are good. So I am excited to have the two of you all today. I really am happy that we get to share the dad's homeschool perspective today. Um, I think it's a really unique perspective. And a lot of the things that we're going to go through and questions I'm going to ask are going to be things that, you know, we ask moms all the time. So let me first um, maybe deal with the elephant in the room. Gentlemen, you're unique. Do you know that? Do you know that? (laughs) I get told that pretty often. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, I don't have any facts and figures to throw at it, but I would say that 90 7% of our homeschoolers are moms, right? And, and yet these are two wonderful active dads in their homeschools. So let's start there. Let's talk about your all's role in the homeschool. And I'll start with Will. Tell me about your role in the homeschool, a little bit about your homeschool day. Okay. So I am the primary teacher. I pick the curriculums and I do the teaching. I grade the tests. I set the schedule. Um, my wife, she does the read aloud, read aloud books in the evenings usually, uh, which is good because, you know, women have a lot more words to spill during the day. And, and so if she can spend some of those words on the read aloud. That means I don't have to. So it works out pretty well. <laughs> um, but th- that's that's pretty much it. I was uh, the one who, who suggested it and she supported that from the get go. And so it's kind of my wheelhouse and, and she supports it pretty much wholeheartedly. So. Wonderful. And that's, that's so important. That's important. You know, no matter who's doing the homeschooling is that that couple support that family support. And and Michael, how about you? What about your homeschool day in your homeschool role? Sure. My uh, homeschool role, I'm also uh, primary, uh, as well as uh, my wife uh, tends to love the crafty stuff, uh, enrichment and all of that. Uh, all the artsy stuff, thank the good Lord, because you do not want me doing any artsy stuff with uh, my children. Um, but we do we do have a chance. She has a somewhat uh, nice schedule where she has open days, so we do tag team teach occasionally. Um, but generally speaking, I'm the primary, and uh, like we'll select all the curriculum and set the schedule uh, for the day. 
Wonderful. Michael, I have to tell you, it, it does. I am not an artsy person. <laughs> so uh, more power to her. That's that's awesome. Um, I, I we we just couldn't seem to get all that one done. And even and the, I was the homeschool, you know, um, mom. So thank you, gentlemen. So let's talk about the foundation of your home. And I want this perspective from our dads. Um, us women talk about it all the time. But a firm foundation starts, you know, in the home. We all know this. So talk to me about the foundation of your homes. And we're going to go to Will again first, if we could, please. Sure. I'd like to point out that our homeschool is completely devoid of any crafting at all. So <laughs> th those books have been unused for all of the grades. If, if, um, yeah. So that's something, I guess, different. So anyway, <laughs> our foundation our house has a two-thirds basement and one-third crawl space center block foundation. Oh, well, <laughs> it's it's very solid and, and and it seems to do well. But no, in all seriousness, uh, it's very cliche, but especially probably among homeschoolers. But uh, the, the our faith is the foundation, and each day begins with prayer. And throughout the day, uh, one unique thing about homeschooling I like is I can emphasize various virtues in real time. So if, if someone's being unkind to their sibling i can point out how they're being unkind and how to fix that and and then why it's important to be kind and we get to work on that a lot uh, diligence is a big one uh, as the kids have gotten older i've had to uh, emphasize that more and and so those sorts of things are are really great um additionally memorials literature especially in the upper levels are is, is very good at pointing out maybe conundrums for example robin hood uh, he, he was clearly not a fully virtuous person and so uh, the kids would, would catch on to that and they they point that out and we talk about it and and so it leads to more um what you might call character growth than than just a simple education yeah i love the fact that you pull out these these seeds of virtue the importance of that and for our children your children and and all uh children to hear that from their dads on such an in an active way um, you know, tying into the curriculum. I think that that's just an incredible experience for our children, something really important um, in the home. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get to talking a little bit more about that. And Michael, um, I'm not sure, do you have a basement as well? Well, we actually do. And we have a full <laughs> basement. So uh, we, uh, we're, we're blessed to have it. But uh, yeah, it, we have a very similar foundation as uh, Will and Katie do. We uh, we're believers. Um, our Christian faith and our heritage is the foundation of our home. Uh, we have an active faith. We go to church regularly. We pray together. We worship together. We read God's word together. Uh, we catechize. Um, so we teach our children uh, all the truths that are uh, that God has provided to us, and. Um, that's where our, our desire to homeschool comes from, uh, and that's sort of foundation is. Uh, a, a verse that comes uh, to mind often for us is Jeremiah 6.16, where it says, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. Amen. Amen. Absolutely beautiful. Um so I just so you all know, just to round out the conversation, we have a full basement as well. And um, that was where we homeschooled. So that was that was our foundation. No, faith is very much a foundation, I think, of um, so many of our homeschoolers home. And, and I, you know, don't ever want our homeschoolers to be bashful, you know, in, in talking about that. And I thank you for bringing in the virtue and the scripture from the dad's 
um, perspective. And so let's talk a little bit about the question I get from every homeschooler. Um, and I talk to you often. And we cover these in our Sadalitas uh, conference every summer with Memoria Press. And it's all about juggling. It's all about um, how do we get it all done. But you see, I think a mom would have a totally different perspective from a dad. And, and so that's why I bring this question to you, dads. Um, how do you manage to juggle all that you do in the home? Sure. Um my my experience with homeschooling is uh, on the limited side. We've only been homeschooling for three years, and all of our kids are younger. So in terms of juggling, we really haven't had to juggle as much as other parents um, have and do, and I do commend them. I, I'm actually looking forward to that juggling a little bit more. But now that I say that, I probably am going to regret saying that, but uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I have a lot of respect for the people who are doing the older ages and have younger ages and kids coming up in the system. But uh, our days do tend to go fairly quickly, um, seeing as our kids are all on the younger side. We're able to com combine activities, uh, read aloud, uh, Bible reading uh, activities. Um, so everybody's involved. But uh, juggling for me, uh, being part of a Highland Latin cottage school, definitely right. does help the juggling. Uh, it takes some of the weight off of our shoulders as a homeschool parent. Mm -hmm. And just being able to have someone else speak into our kids' lives, uh, saying the same things and believing the same things um, is a great help. And for me, uh, a very primary help has been uh, the Memorial Park online forum. Um, I'm oh, a good. user there and... Uh, just reading through uh, the comments and the points that other parents are making uh, really do help in the juggling. Sure. Uh, you know, I found the same thing about um, the cottage school experience. I um, taught at our at our cottage school here in, in Louisville as well um, as, you know, uh, one of my kiddos or both my kiddos, actually two of them at least attended. And um, it did it did help. Um, in the way that I was then, um, or the schedule, the homeschool schedule for those, uh, for that duration was then beholden to someone else's schedule. So it really kept me in line um, and, and helped me to just focus a little bit better. So, so Will, what about you and juggling? Because Will, it, you know, as we've said, you're approaching seven children. And, and let me wait a second. Let me go back to Michael. Michael, don't short sell yourself short. Okay, three years, that's that's a great accomplishment. And you have three young ones right there together. Yeah. And you are setting yourself up to grow with them. And that will be beautiful. And I am encouraged by that and hopeful for that for you. So we're going to give Michael that pat on the back. Okay. Um, but Will, we know, you know, you're approaching seven kiddos. So talk to me about your juggling. Yeah, so at the risk of deluging your listeners with jokes, Carrie, I cannot juggle at all. <laughs> and I can barely catch a ball, truthfully. So it's it's really not an issue. No. Uh, so, yeah, we have four grade levels right now. And next year we're going to introduce a kindergartner. Right. So this is something that, that I've given a lot of thought to. And as a course of, of just the, the daily homeschool routine, I always look for ways to improve efficiency. So... 
I will make a change, uh, maybe from week to week, or or maybe after a month or two. If I think I think something is not getting, uh, maybe there's not as much review as I want, or if one of the kids is not catching something, and I think I need to spend more time, then then I'll just make that adjustment. And the older ones, the older two, my fifth and sixth graders, they're they're very good about getting on the ball, and so I can explain to them here's what I want to happen and here's what I want you to do. And they will do it. And there's usually no issue. Uh, the younger ones, uh, oh, the, the third grader this year, there's a big jump between second and third grade. So yeah. we struggle a bit there. But um, as far as, as how I do the, the day, um, I have the kids work a day ahead. So I don't know how much time we have on this, but if no, you please go ahead. When, I, yes. when I, I looked at the manual and I said, there are some things such as maybe spelling, that they don't need a lot of hand holding with, right? Right. And you can turn a kid loose with that spelling book and say, say, spell, say your words and write them once, and they go do it. And I don't need to check that. And there are other things like the literature and the classic studies where the teaching really happens in the study guide, at least for me anyway. So they'll mm -hmm. read it and then answer the questions. And then as we talk about the questions, that's where the teaching comes, especially in the discussion questions and, and and the enrichment, right? But then there are other parts, the math and the Latin, where they need to be taught beforehand, or else it doesn't make sense, right? Right. So I, I divided those, I divided everything into those three, three areas, and I said, I want all of your literature done the day before, so that then on, on Monday, for example, we can jump straight in, and I don't have to sit here and, and let you answer these questions as a, as because that was a big time that's a big time sink. That's right? right. So, so that's what we did. And then ultimately it, it turned into a full on get Monday's work done over the weekend. And then on Monday morning, we jumped straight into it. Not with the second grader. I still sit sure. at her elbow for the whole time. I'm, I mean, the first grader, but, um, but the rest of them, the older kids, they are ready to go. And so when I'm done with the first grader, I say, all right, third grader is up and we go through our stuff and it's check, 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 check. And then we just move on and on and on until um, I've got them all. So that, that seems to work pretty well for us. And if I think something's not working, then then I'll make an adjustment. But yeah, it's all about finding efficiencies and and getting things done beforehand, I think, really helps a lot. Well, listen to Will. <laughs> the, the word efficiency, I absolutely love that. Um so efficiency, this is, I think a mom, if I had asked the same question of a mom, it would have been the word sanity that was used there. But the dad puts in the efficiency. Absolutely love it. Um, and Will, what a fantastic set of ideas in how it is that you move through your week and your day. And, it, and I'm so glad that we can bring that different perspective because I'm going to say I did a little bit of that. You know, but but not a lot. But here's here's something that people like Michael um, and other listeners that have those younger children, and I, I do say this a lot and encourage parents in this a lot, and you're affirming that in that, you know, once you get the this this fourth grader, fifth grader, sixth grader, you know, if you set yourself up and set them up for success, they will move through the material with a great level of personal responsibility. So that's really some of what you're seeing and being able to use, right, Will? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think one advantage of staying in a certain curriculum, uh, you know, some people jump around and, and pick and choose, and, and I, don't, 
I don't think I could do that, truth be told. So Memoria right. having a set manual for me to follow is really, really good for me. But it doesn't change much from year to year, right? Your third grade study guide is very similar to the fourth and to the yes. fifth. And, and I believe it changes slightly in the seventh and eighth grade years. But, you know, we'll deal with that when we get there. But it's really easy then to say, look, this famous men of Rome is the same format right. as uh, whatever they would do in third grade. Uh, Greek myths, for example, right? So they know I'm going to go here for vocab and I'm going to do these questions and this is what's expected of me. And you don't have to re-explain all the expectations. No. Expectations are, are, I think, an important part of it because if you don't explain the expectations, then you lose traction during the school day. But if they know what's expected, then they don't come to you with a half-finished paper and say, oh, well, I guess we'll do it now because um, that, that's not going to fly. Sure, and so, it's reliable. You know, uh, and the mm-hmm. pattern the pattern that Memoria Press creates is is reliable for both the student and the parent. You're right, there are some leaps. There are developmental leaps. You mentioned one, you know, second to third grade. Um, and you're right, like seventh and eighth. But that pattern is uh, dependable. So um, that's something I uh, really saw a great advantage to and really took advantage of. So let's talk about... Um, Classical education for your children. You are two families, two dads, who actively chose for their children classical education. You know that we there's lots of homeschool parents and dads out there, but you know obviously we're here with classical education uh, parents and families. So, Will, can we can we stick with you for just a minute and talk about why um, why you all chose classical education, um, why you wanted that for your children and your family? Uh, sure. So. We discovered Memoria on accident, and our kids, our older two, were in parochial school, and summer was coming up, and I wanted something to keep them busy, so I thought they could do a like summer refresher course, right? Mm-hmm. This this was the the teeth cutting of homeschooling, I guess, in retrospect. So <laughs> I was poking around on on homeschool books places, and I came across Prima Latina, and I thought it looked interesting because. Because it said, if you don't know Latin, but think your kids might like it, this is for you. And I said, well, that fits me perfectly. So <laughs> so I picked it up and I was really impressed with it. And so uh, our oldest two are the fifth and sixth grader. They're, they're my only boys. Uh, the rest are all girls. And so the boys and I went through Prima Latina together that summer, just on a lark. And when we finished it, it didn't take long. And, and I looked at the back of it and saw Memoria's other offerings. So I think for that summer my wife would come home from work and I would say, Hey, look what this company Memoria has the kids do in fifth grade and eighth grade. And look, Mm -hmm. they study logic and they study rhetoric. And I had never heard of these things. And, and my wife had neither. We we were both public school products and we did okay. Actually, she did excellent. I, I, I got the job done. So it was was something that I had newly discovered and, and we didn't intend to homeschool them, but we thought for a summer, it might be interesting to take this other perspective. So, and that's what we did. And as we explored Memoria, we thought you know, this is superior to what they're getting at the private school. And, and the private school is widely considered the best school in the county. So if it's mm. better than that, it's going to be right. better in public. And then a whole bunch of craziness happened. And we said, well, we certainly don't want our kids in public schools anyway. So here we have a, an opportunity to give them what we viewed was a superior education in a better environment. And so uh, the classical education was then on our radar and we researched it more and and thought it was a good fit. So the the beautiful thing about your story is what you you and your wife did to look down the road. 
you know, so often I wonder if homeschoolers just look at, you know, okay, here's the first two years. But the beautiful thing about Memoria Press is that, you know, we want parents to look down the road, see what's coming. You're laying a foundation in those early primary years, but and that's beautiful, but the exciting stuff is really down the road. So, Michael, let's talk to you about why you and your wife chose classical education for your family. Well, we chose uh, classical education because Martin Poplin told us to do so. And, uh, <laughs> Um, Michael, can I, can I, oh, can I tell you, um, yeah, around Um, here, if those two tell us something to do, we do it. So (laughs) it is, it's like, it's like those old E.F. Hutton commercials, like E.F. Hutton says something, you listen, right? The whole room stops and just listen. No, it, in all seriousness, we, uh, we, it was, it was not our initial idea to homeschool. Uh, both of us were public school. Um, we were, uh, homeschooling really wasn't on our radar um, when we were married. Um, we both had a good education in our respective uh, public schools and our universities, but, um, it's, as has been seen in the last uh, few years, it's, uh, it's clearly evident to us that education and the culture around us has just drastically changed. Right. Um, right. And. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, classically educating our children uh, is hands down the best education that we can provide to our children. Uh, we came to that conclusion just like uh, Will and his wife did. And mm-hmm. uh, we we were really impressed with uh, how uh, classical education teaches the children how to think and how to live. Uh, it's not... Um, it's not just throwing facts at them and having them just memorize them and then tossing them aside. Uh, like you said, and like Will said, it's, it's building blocks. Uh, we love looking at the end of uh, the classical teacher and seeing all the exciting things that they're going to be learning. Right. 11th grade and 12th grade. And, uh, but uh, I, it being the tried and true uh, education really uh, won us over. Uh, if it was good enough for Aristotle, and Augustine and C.S. Lewis, it's definitely good enough uh, for our children, too. Well, I'm going to give that a big amen. <laughs> because, um, tried and true. Absolutely. I know you all can't see me, but I am nodding the entire time. I'm just like, yes, absolutely. And if, you know, a recent podcast that um, we just we just released was with Tanya Charlton, going to bring that name back in here since you did, Michael. And it's all about why study Latin. And you you hit one of our points, which was it teaches children how to think. Now, it's not just, you know, Latin, the classical education, of course, does. But but that was one of our big points in Latin is it teaches children how to think. And in Memoria Press, Latin is core to our classical um, education. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for sharing that perspective from our dads. Um, so let's talk more about what, uh, from our dad's perspective. So what do you want your children to learn from dad? And I don't just mean curriculum. You know, outside of that, you are the active 
dad in the household. Your children are blessed to have you in ways that, you know, it doesn't work that way for other families. It's it's the mom in the household. That's that's beautiful. That's fine. Uh, we praise God for the fact that, you know, I think it's like 98% of homeschool families are uh, a mom and a dad, and that's an incredible uh, blessing. Um, but what do you want your children to learn from dad? Michael, how about you first? Sure. Um, it, the lovely thing about it is to, um, whether you're a homeschool mom or a homeschool dad, uh, it's beautiful when both of you want the exact same thing. Amen. Um, and that's definitely the case in our house. I mean, I want my children to learn uh, to love the Lord and to love their neighbors. Uh, I want them to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly uh, with their God. Um, I want them to know the way that they should go, as it says in Proverbs, uh, mm -hmm. so that when they're old, and I'm just a memory uh, in my kids' minds, that they won't turn from the way. Uh, those are the things that, that are really important to me and, and to my wife, too. Amen. I use Proverbs with my kids a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good book to turn to. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think I think somebody wrote that knowing we were going to need that book, um, need those words. You know, what about you, Will? What do you want your children to learn from Dad? Well, the short answer is everything. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's everything that when I left home and began college and young adulthood that I didn't know that in retrospect would have made life easier. So uh, there's there's simple things. Uh, how to study, right? I didn't know how to study when I got to college and my grades initially reflected that mm -hmm. because in high school, I was able to skate by just fine and, and I made the honor roll so no one bothered correcting me. But, you know, how to study is something that I work on with the kids even though I'm learning it uh, now also, right? So we need, we need to know how to study. We need to know how to manage money, how to treat people. And that's just the the easy stuff that makes life easy. But the harder things, uh, they I want to know how to work hard and how to strive for something that's difficult. And and that's a really hard thing to teach. So that's where something like Horatius comes in right. and Latin comes in. And uh, my sixth grader, he he's trying to memorize Horatius because I told him I want him to film it for that Winston Churchill. Not because I care that he gets the Winston Churchill, but I want him to do something that takes a long time and it's difficult. Right. And if he can learn to do that now, then that will help him when life throws him more difficult challenges. If he can, if I can teach him how to, to run after virtue uh, and to chase holiness in terms of his, his friends and his, uh, the people he chooses to be around. Mm -hmm. If he picks the good influences, then that helps, I say him, all of them, right? That helps all of them later on because uh, the ultimate goal here is to give them what they need to know to to get to heaven, right? And right. and I told him, I don't care if you're a janitor who lives in a, a van down by the river, right? If you're following God, then I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But if you forsake that for for something else, then then you've missed the mark, and and it's my job to make sure you don't miss that mark. So I want them to learn all that stuff that helps them uh, be exceptional, I guess. Uh, not exceptional like a, a hottie or prideful right. way, but exceptional yeah. as in, above average let's let's drag ourselves out of the uh, gutter that is our society and, and reach for something higher so so all those things which i know is a big list that's what they need to learn or that's what i want them to learn before they leave my roof 
Right. Rooted in Christ, exceptional in Christ. And that's, you know, what, what we want for our children and perseverance will. I, I understand Horatius, that is perseverance. <laughs> I could not have done Horatius as a sixth grader or a 12th grader or a 25 year old. Right? So I didn't have the discipline for it. It's a, it's tough, but it's a really neat poem. And so it is. I'm, I like to hear him recite it because it's a neat story. That's something to look forward to, Michael, is listening to your children write the, uh, recite these things is is yeah, and in, and in Memory Press, you know, I mean, at Michael's age, they're starting now. I mean, we start right away, you know, recitation and memorization and scripture and um, and they and then we build. We just keep building. And then you have that incredible accomplishment of Horatius at the bridge um, in, you know, the, in the curriculum. So let's leave our parents, um, our homeschoolers with some final words of encouragement from these two wonderful dads. Um, gentlemen, you know, this has been, um, a blessing to me to, to get to ask questions like this of, of dads like you, but do you have any final words of encouragement to parents out there? Um, Michael, how about you? Yeah, um, homeschooling is uh, just looking at it now and looking at looking back at the last three years and looking forward. Uh, it's just all so worth it. Um, all the hard days, all the days that have challenges and tears and uh, it, all the sacrifices involved. It, it's just it's so worth it. Um, seeing what the children are learning, like you said, I'm still looking forward to. Hearing my now six-year-old uh, reciting Horatius, uh, I'm almost like wanting to start right now, uh, <laughs> even though he's just in first grade. But uh, and and seeing what they're going to be learning later on, uh, watching and cheering them on uh, on a daily basis as as they become uh, the people who God wants them to be, uh, it's just also worth it. So I just want to encourage fellow dads: um, do not neglect your responsibilities uh, to help homeschool or simply educate your children in any small way. Uh, you don't have to be the primary, um, but in just any small way that you can help uh, the cause, uh, it, it's just also worth it. Uh, if you love the Lord, you will not regret a single moment. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael. Will, any, any parting words of wisdom or encouragement for um, our homeschool families out there and, and dads out there who, who may not play the same role as, as Michael alluded to, you know, as, as you all do, um, who have different roles in the homeschool? What about you, Will? I thought Michael did a really good job of pointing out the, the importance of getting involved, even if you're not the primary. And so uh, whatever it is, uh, and I know I worked in the corporate world for a while. You're tired at the end of the day. But if you can invest just a little bit of time mm -hmm. and maybe maybe teach something, uh, maybe your wife's not great at math. I know there are days when I uh, when my wife comes downstairs for lunch and, and I say, I need you to go over this math problem because I'm lost on it. She says, well, it's <laughs> kindergarten math. I was like, well, that's beside the point. We still need to work on this. Yeah, but so, she's no. the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> she's the engineer. So that's she knows right. the math. And, and when calculus comes, I, I might just turn that whole thing over to her, right? And I'll, <laughs> I'll be a student with the kids while there she teaches go. it. But so, uh, or, or just reading at night, whatever the dads can do to invest a little bit of time. Uh, I know there's a, a man I know, he's he's older than I am, and he says that he always, or when he found out I homeschooled the kids, he, he was very uh, almost sad that he couldn't do such a, a thing, right? He was the, the breadwinner and his wife homeschooled, but he right. he thought the time investment you give while you're 
homeschooling gets paid back so much and he wished that he had more of that time investment and i think that that's a very good point especially in a time when when um manly virtues and and manhood is is generally under attack and and derided right. yes for our kids to have time with their dads to kind of reinforce especially the boys but, but the girls too right the girls need to know what a real man is also but to reinforce those the sort of this is what it is to be a man right moments and so uh i, I don't know i don't know if that's encouraging or preachy or what but that's kind of the the no i thought i had listening I think to that's... answer a beautiful, beautiful message from both of you all to our both our homeschool moms and dads, you know, that are out there that will, I pray, pick up this podcast, be encouraged um, in their homes. Um, you know, thank you so much for for speaking to all dads out there to to find that way uh, to stay involved if you are not the primary teacher of the home. And and to our moms that are listening that, you know, are the primary teacher in the home, bring your husband along, have him listen to this podcast. You know, um, it's, it's worth their time to be encouraged by two dads who have taken um, on this, this responsibility, um, sometimes unique, you know, um, gentlemen, I hope that somehow maybe we'll see you uh, this summer at our Sodalitas conference here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm making a, a big point in the conference along with our steering committee to um, encourage dads. We're, we're holding a couple sessions just meant for dads because um, I think, you know, Will, you really um, hit the nail on the head when you said it's, you know, manly virtue seems to be um, under attack sometimes. And we want to hold up our sons and our dads um, and our families under under that umbrella. So, gentlemen, thank you again for your time here, for talking to us about your homes, um, your children, for welcoming us into your lives in this special way. Will and Michael, God bless you both. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Homeschool Journal. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like our episodes, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. Help us to find more friends to join our homeschool family. I want to give a huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show and ask that you check out all of our great podcasts there. As always, I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.